Hello and welcome to the Lookout Landing Podcast. My name is Kate Prusser. I am the managing editor of Lookout Landing and joining me today, as is not always, but I would say often, often, joining me is John Troopin. John, how are you? I'm good. I'd say a plurality of the case. A plurality of times. Uh, a miasma of times? No. This is a miasma. <laughs> <laughs> something actually. much worse. <laughs> I just uh, had a huge coughing attack right before we started recording, which is why I'm, I have illness on the brain. I just can't shake this cough. I've had it since I was in Arizona for spring training, and it's, I thought the desert air might dry it out, but it just returned with a vengeance. It's, uh, it's definitely, un- until the hailstorm, <laughs> you could have been forgiven for thinking that. Uh, but in the, in the midst of Easter dinner last night, uh, you know, just suddenly having things get pelted uh, on the window, it was, it was a bit of a different experience. That's wild. We did not get that in West Seattle. I grilled no. steaks on the deck. Like, it was not, well, I had a very different experience. I'm very happy for you. Yeah. We, uh. You would have been injured. I would have had to go on the DL. That yeah. Would, just like my heroes. Indeed. Mariners. They're just like us. Should we start with the Grim then? Since okay. there was so All much right. good. Uh, I think we're yeah, going yeah, yeah, yeah. to go through. We'll, we'll uh, go through the Grim. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go through just for for those of you listening. We're gonna do you know brief little recap, um, mm-hmm. and then talk about the next you know upcoming week, uh, and then go through the questions here at the end. We'll try and keep this in the forty five minutes to an hour range. We um, know we can get wordy. Thank you. <laughs> but Th- thanks for the feedback. Um, yes, but with that in mind. Um, Unfortunate, unfortunate to miss Mike Zunino and lose Nelson Cruz in in the first weekend. Yeah, that's a lot of power out of the lineup. And yeah. yet, and yet, when Cruz was in the lineup, he was mm-hmm. made himself known. And uh, I mean, if we're gonna have Mitch Haniger power hitter, like <laughs> it was certainly encouraging. I mean, the you know. Nelson Cruz going, I think, what was it, like 0 for like 16 to start spring training? Yeah, was, I was it, nervous. Definitely a good, a good sort of balance out of the like, okay, well, there are exciting things in spring training that never work. There are <laughs> things that you can kind of also discount on the negative end. Um, it, I think w- we haven't heard anything yet today. We're recording this on Monday, but it seems likely they'll put him on the DL, right? Yeah. I, that seems just like it's Well, especially thing. since his quad, uh, as per Shannon Dreyer, was never 100% leaving camp. Right. I mean, um, and you could see that when he would run out of the box. Yeah. And yeah. Then stop. He, he would, like, take, like, a first step of, like, yes, I'm going to be fast <laughs> Nelson Cruz. And then say, yeah. no. Oh, okay. no. Mistakes <laughs> were made. <laughs> it's like the Gene mm. Segura going up to high-five D. Gordon like, oh boy, I can leave. Oh no, you're so high. Mm. You can really see that dawn on him in that moment. It's pretty fantastic. Um, and I wonder too, you know, it's such a freak accident slipping on the dugout steps. We were all kind of making fun of it. Mm. Scott, service, blame the cleats, the plastic on plastic or whatever it mm. is. But I do wonder, you know, if you have, when you have an injury, things can compound in the kinetic chain. And, like, if that leg was just a little bit weak or just a little bit tight and he put it down like that was his plant, you know, there, <clears throat> there is a way where this could have led into – where maybe the freak injury isn't quite as freakish as we thought it was. Mm-hmm. It's uh, – yeah, it, and it, I think it's nice that – you know the the early stretch of off days did seem i think a little silly we all sort of thought it was goofy but it is certainly coming into uh coming into play in a very positive fashion um right here with zunino being able to only miss hopefully you know five games i think and uh cruz maybe only going to miss five games for a 10-day DL stint as well. And I think we're seeing things play out a little differently than we would if it was later in the season, than we would if it was, um, you know, they had an especially tough slate of games coming up. 
mm-hmm. um, how they use the 10-day DL, which obviously is uh, we tracked across baseball DL stints went up when the 10-day DL was instituted because now you don't have to lose a guy for two weeks. You can lose him for a week and a half and uh, kind of backdate it or make it retroactive and, and maybe potentially give a guy a little bit of rest that might mm-hmm. mitigate, you know, nip the issue in the bud. <clears throat> yeah. So I feel um, like we're seeing that. Um, but it, it makes it hard because we're seeing it all at once. And, it, yeah. you know, the, the injury specter of 2017 still lo- looms so large. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the strength of the team is so much in the lineup. And when the lineup is, gets shortened, you right. know, like we saw, we had, you know, that, that bottom of the order where it was, you know, it would be Healy, Fritas, Ichiro or something yeah. to that effect, which, is, you know, that's a lot less of a strength than see you know in theory at least um not in practice on on sunday funnily enough but uh you know then having it be healy zunino and then you know ishiro or, or gamel or you know Redia or whoever you know having one hitter who you think would be below average maybe as right opposed to and then in three, cruz's spot you have three. large adult son daniel vogelback who right um, although you're very high on him, just does and and he put up a really good at bat. I thought in the game on Sunday, um, yeah. got behind zero and two, and I was like, oh, this is going to be because I'd seen him strike out on like three. It was three curveballs <clears throat> right before mm-hmm. that. Bauer just threw three curveballs, mm-hmm. and it was uh, game over very quickly. Uh, he put up a better at bat. He did get behind zero and two. I think mm-hmm. he still has that idea that. Um, well, now he's going to swing right off the bat and try to make contact. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's <clears throat> facing slightly – he's facing tougher pitchers than he was facing in spring training. He's adjusting. Um, you know, I think there is still a timing issue. So <clears throat> I had hope. I had hope to see him just make a lot of contact, foul off a lot of pitches. He did put a good hit, put a good charge into a ball. My heart wanted to believe that it was out, even though my uh, my head knew that it was not. That deep fly ball he hit, mm-hmm. it was in one of his last at-bats on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, it's not a total black hole, and I do think the more he plays, the more we'll see of him, the more we'll, we'll like him. But um, mm-hmm. it's uh, obviously... It's not Nelson <laughs> It's not Nelson yeah. Cruz, no. Yeah. Uh, and so I guess the... The reason that, in spite of missing those two, that the Mariners were able to be successful was that the pitching staff was actually pretty impressive. Yeah, raise your hand if you had both clutch home run from D. Gordon and (laughs) pitching staff dominates on mm-hmm. your uh, on your bingo card and Paxton struggles. <laughs> without without James Paxton. Yeah, exactly. You know, like if if you told me just <clears throat> gave me James Paxton's line from this, you know, from this weekend and no other information, I'd assume the Mariners got swept because that <laughs> coming into the, you know, looked like just the best, you know, the best and potentially only realistic shot that the team had at getting wins. Oh, and, for sure. Um I mean just you know, I it, Felix was very solid, and, and if Felix looks like that for the rest of the year, then the Mariners are going to be in a lot better position. Not, you know, obviously shut out every time, but you know, if he's able to mix up his pitches, if he's able to have a ton of movement on his pitches, and if he's able to, you know, get contact early in counts. Yeah. Um, and not have that have to be <laughs> because he's throwing sinkers right down the middle to get a strike. Um, I mean, it just was, you know, we've we've said New Felix a thousand times, but this is a different sort of look, again, uh, that was definitely exciting. Uh, it really had the feel of um, a player who is really bought into and believes in this method, this and you you could see i mean he was delighted mm-hmm. with how things went as he, as he should have been yeah um a pitch to contact i uh, some people say it's a dumb phrase or whatever i think jeff sullivan called it on the latest effectively wild called it a meaningless phrase mm-hmm. um but i i think that pitch to contact it's a really specific thing right it's not just about like let me 
put it in the zone so you can hit it. It's let me mm. locate this. Let me let me not work with dominant stuff, but mm -hmm. put things in places that will force you to make poor swings at them. To me, yeah. that's what pitching to contact means. Let me put this somewhere where you have to make contact with it, but I'm going to try to put it in a place that the contact, the results will be weak. And we saw that a lot on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there were two hard hit balls. Yeah, one or one or two at most. Kipnis got one. Did Kipnis get two of them? I can't remember. It might have been. I uh, think it was. I'm consulting my scorecard, but. Mm -hmm. But I mean that you know that was that was sort of the story of the of the entire, uh, you know the entire weekend was. You know the the guy who got hit hard was Paxton because <laughs> Paxton was throwing pitches right down the middle. Yeah. Um. And you know, but for one fastball right down the middle to Yonder Alonso, that inning probably goes differently. You know, right. whatever. I mean, we we can say that a million times. But for a ball that just bounced the same height twice in a row for some reason, you know, that Kyle Seeger double it doesn't get through and the Mariners lose on Sunday. Right. So I mean. You know, but cut cut both ways for sure. But I, I I have to say, it's just a lot more encouraging, at you know sitting here than it was a f you know five days ago when we weren't sure how the team was going, how the bullpen was going to look without Phelps. Um, you know, we we suspected the bullpen would be good, but hadn't you know it, it was a lot of what we've seen through looking really closely at it and not actually seeing it in action over an extended period of time. Um, and and the offense looks <laughs> like it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be a nightmare. I mean, yeah. I, it feels like what was supposed to, what 2016 lineups was supposed to be, what 2017 lineup, 2017's lineup was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. um, it was supposed to be a nightmare up and down. And we just, because of injury, because of whatever, it just never quite clicked. It was never mm -hmm. quite there. Zanino struggled. Dyson mm. was hurt. Segura was hurt. Leonis was, was hurt. Uh, Leonis, was, Leonis was real rough. Uh -huh. Real rough. Congratulations to Leonis Martin, Detroit Tiger, though. I think that's a great place for him. I'm uh -huh. so happy he can play a lot and look really good on, on a team that is maybe... <laughs> You know, not great, although they yeah. squashed the Royals today. We'll get to the Royals when we do our, our preview, <laughs> but poof, boy. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it just wasn't, 2017 was a lot of unfulfilled promise, and I know it's really early, mm -hmm. but so far, I mean, I would have been happy, honestly, if they took one game in the series, yeah. considering I was shocked we won that game against Kluber. I think Kluber was shocked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our rival or our fellow site, Let's Go Tribe, was certainly shocked. I was like, <laughs> welcome to our lives of, uh -huh. you know, <laughs> having your ace pitcher go out there and duel his heart out and your uh -huh. offense just not picking him up. Um, yeah. But to Cleveland's... take two of them was a gift. Mm -hmm. Cleveland's offense didn't really blow me away no I, me I was are they missing do they have hurt guys like did we not see them full strength i, I mean they Is don't have michael brantley but michael brantley hasn't been full strength for like four years <laughs> yeah has he which is like yeah i, I don't know it, it was it was surprising because I, I mean the pitching was pretty much as advertised yeah. bauer didn't you know bauer yeah. had his best had had very good stuff but you know always is the, one he of just had that one goes, really rough inning yeah um, right through, know, I don't know, a zillion T pitches. Yeah, um, and their bullpen was not impressive. So I don't know. It, I uh, think non. Well, we got three hits off Andrew Miller, but yeah, yeah, I would agree. The non-Andrew Miller division of the bullpen is not terrifying yeah. to me. So what? A I would say <sighs> the biggest thing with with Cleveland and why I think if they were in any other division, they would struggle to contend um it's just that whole bottom of the lineup right you yeah get, <clears throat> you get past kipnis encarnacion uh lindor obviously and then it's just like what's a what's a what's a bradley zimmer is it bradley i don't even know if his name is bradley zimmer 
Actually, I think you're on Zach? there. I think you're right there. Some white dude <laughs> no, name. Zach Zenner is a bad <laughs> running back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, like the the Chisholm Hall and and Zimmer yeah. component was not did, was not. Their catcher who, uh, Perez. Gomes, Gomes, Gomes and Perez. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm definitely encouraged. I think by what what the pitching staff did against a good but maybe not you know great offense mm-hmm. um and thankfully i think now we get a much better slate of matchups right i it's uh, uh, uh the giants who have looked awful but just happened to win yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you joe, joe panic too mm-hmm. and um what a weird weird few first games they had mm-hmm. there with they got out with a split against the Dodgers, right? Was it two and two? I think was it yeah. two and two? Yeah, I think so because the, I mean the Dodgers looked like the Dodgers last night and just trounced mm. the made the Giants look pretty hapless, which is kind of how I was expecting the Giants to look. I was mm-hmm. not expecting the Dodgers to struggle to put up any runs. That against was... Ty Blatch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, was. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll yeah. see. Who knows? Again, though, like, where is their offense coming from? Yeah, they they've definitely looked like a team that, like, like even more of a team made up of twenty twelve all stars than yeah. the Mariners, yeah. uh, <laughs> which is uh, yeah, definitely a, a, a shaky setup. So, I, I I think, especially since you know Nelson Cruz wasn't really going to play that much in those games anyway. You know, I think what we'll see is I'm very excited to see Marco Gonzalez go um, and basically get our first chance uh, to see if the the adjustments that he made and the spring training that he had carries over um, because the the adjustments were tangible so that the stats made sense as opposed, you know, sometimes, you know, you just have good results. I think the, the results there were backed up by active you know, an active effort. Uh, I don't know if I will be able to watch a single inning of this series live because it's, I believe, the first game's at 135, and then the second one's at 415. You know, that that sweet, like, right in the middle of your commute game, you know, that's... What could be better? There is not a single game in this, uh, in the next five games... That is before, or that is after four fifteen p.m. Pacific time. Like the it's bonkers. The Twins games are one ten p.m. eleven, and then two straight eleven ten a.m. So it's just yeah. <sighs> which will be a challenge as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. coming out of uh, West Coast time zone where they've been pretty much <laughs> since spring training was the first challenge luckily i do mm. i i agree with you i think san francisco they should be able to get out of there with a split at least mm-hmm. um and then they go to minnesota which you know we'll we'll see we'll see how that one goes mm. um and they then should Cam- have zunino back for, they should have for zunino that back. i mean by everything that we're hearing he's you know his oblique strain which sometimes can be like a multi-month thing sometimes can be a few games it sounds by all indications that his is much more of a few games variety um right so yeah i i mean you you watched a fair amount of the twins this weekend and i know they're currently losing to the pirates right now but just barely what what has been your takeaway so far there cuz that that's sort of as big of an early matchup as they have, really, even in this month, yeah. since the Twins, we we would all imagine, are one of the teams they'll be competing against for the wild card. Right. I want to um, plug Jake's series preview. Um, oh, yeah, Jake series. Mailhot. Yes, because he... Oh, sorry, Siri thought I was talking to her for some reason. <laughs> Siri, why would you think that I was talking to you? Um, <clears throat> so every series, every time we kickoff series our staff writer jake mailhot writes a preview that kind of lays out all of the pitching matchups um and then just sort of some 
things to look out for, and it's a great guide, and I highly mm-hmm. recommend you read it every time. I know before I joined LLL, I sometimes skipped them because I was like, what is this going to tell me that I don't know? The answer is a lot. Yeah. The answer is everything. <laughs> um, so I heartily recommend those <laughs> recommend those pieces to you. Um, and I'm sure Jake will come out with this. I am curious because the twins were largely ballyhooed as one of the winners of the offseason, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they went out and got Lomo on the cheap. They got uh, Lynn to come for whatever reason he did, although he got blown up a little today. Mm-hmm. He had a real rough inning. Mm-hmm. It be interesting to see. <clears throat> you know, he's in a prove-it year. He's in a rebound from Tommy John, prove that – I'm actually a good pitcher, which I think there are a lot of places if I wanted to prove I was a good pitcher, I think there are a lot of places I would choose to pitch other than Minnesota. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, who was there mm-hmm. uh, last year? Irvin Santana? Because mm-hmm. he had some wild, just had some wild outlier. No, like, mm-hmm. I don't know that I look at that and I'm like, oh, yes, here is clearly a staff that's developing excellent pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have some questions about that. The bullpen has looked okay from the games that I've watched of theirs. They're holding down this after Lynn kind of blew up and gave up the five runs. Um, the bullpen has been able to hold the Pirates in check, which is maybe not the world's toughest task, let's be mm-hmm. honest. Um, but I, I think that there's some talent in the back end of that bullpen there. Obviously, we're going to get to see the Fernando Rodney experience. Mm-hmm. Always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you think? They're, they are a very uh, – they're, they're a team that I like in, in theory because they have you know an, an impressive outfield defensively. Um, they've got some guys with significant power and they hit their best hitter leadoff in Brian Dozier. Um, but the fact that their best hitter is Brian Dozier, uh, I think sort of speaks to their limitations. Uh, you know, they, they just have a bunch of decent players and no one that is really, truly terrifying. You know, Miguel Sano is impressive power joe mauer terrible human base terrible lot. human though let's, yes let's, also. let's be clear about that and dozier is not winning any <laughs> fan yeah out of well, me today. They're, they're, apparently they're <laughs> very fixated on not bunting in a seven to zero game so <laughs> if we can you know if if they're still focused on that one then uh i think the mariners have a good shot um of getting or i guess what i'll say is they may not love d gordon and gene segura's <laughs> as much antics as, as much as we uh, do i hope yeah. that they uh steal 50 million bases on him and just moonwalk <laughs> in front of him um some kind yeah. of coordinated it, dance maybe I don't it know. would be it would be delightful uh i'm i'm really looking forward to that. i'm it, it's a real bummer that nelson cruz won't almost will almost assuredly not be there for it but it's uh that's definitely gonna be a great test because i i do think that they should at least split against the giants and especially if they can take both from the giants yeah um you know i think it's they they'll face ty blatch who's a dude uh on in their first game but then uh They'll have to match up with Johnny Cueto, who is a good pitcher on on Wednesday against the Giants. So, um, coming into that Twin Series, you know, it's it's one of those things that it feels too early for there to be, super, you know, such crucial games. But especially for a team like the Mariners, where there's so many uncertainties about even what they should do at the trade deadline, you know, this is the kind of thing where if you can get just get yourself a leg up here you know you you start pushing you know you start giving yourself a trajectory going forward so and it's um, a pretty it's a pretty punishing um schedule right off the bat after having all these weird off days and then mm-hmm. it's like okay have you're gonna go on a three city yeah. <laughs> road trip mm-hmm. encompassing the west coast and the midwest and uh you have no days off between mm-hmm. Minnesota and Kansas City. So mm-hmm. uh, I think the Royals look terrible 
like uh, yes. terrible. <laughs> yes. Like we knew they were going to be bad, but they look terrible. Um, so well, those it's... games should be very winnable. Yes. Even Sans Nelson Cruz. So I can handle like maybe losing the series in Minnesota, mm. um, not at full strength. I, I I feel like it would. It's going to be important not to overreact to what happens there unless they win in which case start <laughs> measuring your head for the world series hat mm-hmm. um no but i mean even if they struggle in minnesota on their first road trip like mm-hmm. um not at full strength i i caution i would i would caution managing expectations about mm-hmm. that and look for them to win the, the things that should be winnable which are the giant series at least a split and um Boy, I would I would like them to get some legs up by beating up on the Royals. Sorry, Royals. So it's eight eight game road trip. How many do you think shoot? Do you think what what would you consider a success coming out of that? Because after that, we've got three games against the A's at home, and then four games against Houston at home, and I. It, the A's maybe you know we'll get to that and you know another <laughs> next week, but. Uh, you know, I think that's a much tougher slate. Right. Uh, uh, I think they've got to go 500. I I would be sad if they didn't take at least one from Minnesota and mm-hmm. win the win the series, split the mm-hmm. series with San Francisco. I guess whatever. Yeah. Um, I would feel much better if they could even just get it six out of eight. I am. I would be. Winding up the hype machine yeah. like an old timey yeah. organ grinder. Yeah, I I think we should we I think this team should go five and three on this road trip because I I think Sam between San Francisco and Kansas City there are five games that they should win pretty much all of and the Twins are not any sort of juggernaut so I I think at <laughs> least you should at least take you know one to two of those so yeah five five or six is what I'm aiming for expecting um well expecting five hoping for six um but uh you know i think i think it's from what we've seen this this team especially getting you know to start marco and then felix and then paxton uh and then getting essentially to go through you know to leak and then marco felix paxton leak again in that in that sequence um they they should be putting their best out there uh more so perhaps than any of the other teams are uh at this stage and uh i, I think this what, this wait, is when do we get paxton again we get paxton in minnesota uh yeah first game in minnesota yeah and my prediction friday day off my prediction is paxton is pissed about his last start <laughs> and he goes out there and just breathes fire mm-hmm. um because i don't yeah. i that was I don't know if it was like opening weekend jitters or just he didn't have it that day, but I think Paxton returns doubled down and and angry. And if we Mm. win a game in Minnesota, I think that's the one we win. I would agree. Um, Well, I I feel good about this team right now. I feel good yes. about what's going it's forward. It's really hard to not um, feel good about the team when D. Gordon <laughs> is on it, right? It's, it is very true. I mean, um, how much fun are they already? It's, I mean, it is, It. this was a blast. You were at Saturday's game, I was at Friday, right? or Thursday and Saturday, yeah. Okay, so, I, I mean, it was... It was fun to have the team. It's always, I think, fun when the team performs when people are there, which is you know yeah. o- such an obvious thing to say. But like, I, the team, I think, has a somewhat merited, somewhat unmerited reputation for not showing up yeah. with big crowds. <laughs> Deadger weekend. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> um, and it, not even for for a you know. I think that the team sh- is good or, or, you know, I want things to be good for the team stance, but just as a fan, it's so fun when people are oh. galvanized and, and enthusiastic and, you know, opening day was so fun. Yeah. It was so fun. 
And that ninth <laughs> inning, even though we were all terrified, <laughs> um, everyone just standing and chanting. And I mean, you know, the opening day crowd is not always your like diehard baseball lifers. It's a lot of people who are kind of uh, more casual fans who are doing it as an event, who are there with friends, maybe not, you know, following the team super closely. And just the energy was so palpable. Nelson Cruz standing in the dugout, clapping his hands, encouraging the crowd to get into it. Like, if we can just recreate that atmosphere at Safeco a couple of times, it will be... I just yeah. think that you see that you saw that a little with the UW Huskies this year mm-hmm. when they got a, maybe they didn't field the most talented team in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. But when they got a little extra push from the crowd down there at Alaska Airlines, just like mm-hmm. filled to the rafters and hollering. This city has a ton of passionate sports fans and you see it at husky games and you see it at sounders games and you see it at seahawks games obviously mm. and now we have a chance to funnel those people over to mariners fandom and get them excited about this team and d gordon is a great like mascot to galvanize that excitement mm-hmm. i think it is tremendously fun right now yeah and i just want to see him keep it going Mm-hmm. So more important to me than the road trip is what do they do when they come back? That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and, and I think they can do a lot to uh, to set themselves up right. with an excited For sure. <laughs> fan base to greet them. Yeah, go um, six, go win six games on this road trip, and yeah. people will show up at Safeco, especially as the Seahawks fortunes kind of (laughs) appear to be on the decline. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, should we take a break and then do uh, questions? Let's let's grab our questions. Okay. All right. We will be right back. And we're back. All right. Now is the time on the pod where we take your questions. John, you are question master, I believe. Indeed. It's like being dungeon master, but <laughs> slightly more less cool. more, rail, more railroading, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, we'll make it work, though. Uh, so our first question comes from at Kingdom Turf. Uh, and Christian, great follow. Yes. Uh, the question is... What are our predictions for the roster once Ben Gamble is healthy? Oh, man. Uh, we saw Gamble uh, get uh, he, that that he's apparently going to break camp with the Rainiers in Tacoma. He's going to start his rehab assignment this week, which is pretty encouraging. Um, and And seems likely that he would be able to go maybe a week or two after that, so mid to, you know, late April. Um, And uh, certainly as much as we all love Ichiro in the the macro, (laughs) uh, Ben Gamble has to be pretty, pretty inarguably an upgrade over, over him right now. So what do we think they do? Well, I mean, this is assuming by that point in time we won't have a hurt outfielder, which mm-hmm. is possible. It's true. Any of those guys could uh, spend some time on the DL themselves. Mm-hmm. If we just see like a shell game, the DL shell game with the outfielders, <laughs> how long? <laughs> if it's the same current batch of people, I think that would be one thing. Uh, but if it's, I really, if it's Hanniger or uh, D. Gordon, I think the team's in a lot more trouble. Yeah. Oh, uh, for for sure. That's that's a sad, sad and yet chillingly realistic prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, hopefully we don't have to worry about them. But so okay, clearly we're looking at um, what do we do with Gamel, Heredia, Ichiro, right? Those are. Those are the three we're shuffling around. Correct. And by extension, I guess, Vogelback probably. Right. So my feeling is Vogelback gets 
sometime while Nelson Cruz is out to prove mm. he deserves a spot on this roster. Mm. Um, I was a little unhappy with the amount of time that he got to prove that. Like, why not pinch hit him for Cruz if something is happening to Cruz? Yeah. That seemed weird. Mm. Um, so I hope that Vogelback has a chance to show what he can do over this upcoming road trip. The cruise injury seems to be well-timed for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that they, they just weigh those different options. And um, sadly, I the Ichiro thing seems to be a big thing among the fans and people, you know, cheer wildly when he does anything and, uh, you know, he, he did have a good game on Sunday or Sunday, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to hate on him for that. Yeah. Uh, I do wonder a little bit. Heredia makes me so nervous at the plate. I wonder if they send him to AAA to work on his batting a little because he just he would, didn't have yeah. a lot of time in the minor leagues. He kind of got rushed along from AA. Mm-hmm. Just hasn't had a ton of time to work on his swing plate And discipline. he does still fall, you know, fall over the plate when he yes. <laughs> swings. Like, in in a way that has worked all right <laughs> for him and was working for most of last year all right, but just conceptually seems implausible that it could yeah. sustain. Um, yeah, so, that, so. Would, that would probably be my choice, um, unless Gamel looks not healthy. Or struggles. Yeah. I mean, he's now missed. I think Gamble has a nice long rehab assignment, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he did, he basically missed all of spring. He training. He missed all of so, spring training. Yeah. He needs. I think he's going to be in Tacoma for like not just two weeks. I. Mm-hmm. That's what my gut sense is. As long as they can hold things up in the major league outfield, as long as mm. you know. Gordon's getting on base or doing D Gordon things and Hanager is raking. You can afford a little bit of a of a sog in your mm. left field mm. uh, if the rest of the lineup is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, and it's not so much. It's not that Gamble is such a big. You know, it's not like if it Cano got hurt and then went down to rehab and like the drop off from Cano to like Andrew Romine or Taylor Motter. Like right, Gamble is a better player, pretty inarguably, than Ichiro, but. The, the drop-off is not as drastic there, and so... Yeah, yeah I mean, I, primarily what I'm worried about is Ben Gamble had no spring training. He had, mm-hmm. like, I think a week, and then mm-hmm. went down with the injury, so mm-hmm. he's got to make... I, I feel like to get his timing back, he needs three... at least three weeks, if not mm-hmm. more, to really... Um, yeah. You know, just get his mechanics back. And I, they have the yeah. space, so why not? Yeah. I think the the pure logic b- makes the team best thing would be to DFA Ichiro. I don't think they DFA Ichiro, uh, at least not right away, and at least not until they try and find some sort of situation that is mutually beneficial, yeah. or if Ichiro just looks awful, like yeah. totally awful. You know, if Ichiro continues to be passable then i think they stick with him but i mean yeah i i think it's a little more likely that they send down vogelback unless vogelback's just tearing it up yeah uh, which unfortunately i don't think he's gonna get the chance to do so probably not. a little so, bit of a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy there yeah but we are um, rooting for you vogelback i will indeed. i will i will always be rooting for you <laughs> um what let's see our next question from at no crying dad um, does your 2018 win total increase after the first series? Uh, after seeing energy from D, it certainly <laughs> does for me. Uh, I I mean I had them at 85 wins, I and I feel pretty good about that because I thought that the team was better than projected, and I I think that 85 to 86 feels reasonable. Yeah. Um. I'm worried about the lasting health of guys if, if you know, we've had just because so many guys have missed time. And, and hopefully that has been because they're being precautionary and not playing through things that they might otherwise be. But uh, 
Yeah, I'm, I've I've been encouraged about my assessments, but I I think that's because I've been higher on them than most. Kate, what I agree. You? I also had them at eighty five. Um, maybe I bumped that up a little just because I feel like <clears throat> the presence of someone like D Gordon in the dugout just making every game feel like it counts hyping up his teammate you know the great shot of him yelling in the dugout with marco gonzalez who is not i think the first man you think of when you think who's the hype man on the team Uh, you know marco just just uh losing his mind with yelling it was great mm -hmm. um so i i do think you get a little bit of an intangibles bump from that when you have a guy Mm -hmm. in the dugout who is who's just that energy is infectious. You know, it's like Leonis. It's it's very much Leonis, but, um, mm. you know, <clears throat> maybe a little um, better. Yep. Uh, possible. It's quite possible. But I, I think in that same way, and people loved Leonis. Like, we still love Leonis. Everybody here wants the best for him, I think, generally. Um, it's because he was so lovable and because he was such a spark plug and – you know, the guy they took along even when he was hurt because of how he charged the team. The 2017 didn't have that. Mm. Like, Dyson wasn't really that guy. Um, mm. And certainly Danny Valencia was Danny not. Danny Valencia was not. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that, that that could be a big piece of it. And the other, the other thing that I look at um, is, you know, I kind of hate watch the Angels-A's games. Um, I was a little scared of the Angels and I or the A's, and I think that they will still. Um, I think they'll still steal some games from us. And Chapman is terrifying. Just, just a series of dingers. Yeah, in a row, yeah, right? exactly. But boy, there is still a ton of swing and miss there, and their pitching staff is awful. Yeah. Um, and their bullpen is awful, and I just yes. feel like. There are some wins there that I maybe didn't calculate in because I was playing it safe with their young, talented mm-hmm. lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I made that prediction before, you know, Jarrell Cotton went out for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Angels, I saw them struggle at times to put up runs. Their pitching staff looks better. Their starters look better than I thought they were. Their bullpen looks worse. Yeah. Um, so I think that there are wins that we can maybe eke out and then Texas is Texas. Um, yep. Nothing really changed there for me in my assessment. But I think that there are wins that we can eke out of the AL West that I wasn't anticipating, primarily with the athletics. But I do wonder, like, Otani looked good, annoyingly, other than the three-run jack. Um, but I think that there are some wins. I think there are some wins to be found there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I I would agree. It's it's they're line they're the, old. The, the Angels are old. <laughs> the Angels are. I mean, Ian Kinsler is so Kinsler's, old. He's he's already on the DL, uh, or or you know started started the year on the DL, um, and yeah, it's it's definitely the Angels. It's gonna come down in I think a large in large part to which of the old you know, the sort of old, sort of fragile teams holds together uh, between the Mariners and the Angels. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. And you know what? I'll take the team that doesn't have poo holes on it if I'm yes. taking aged veterans. Um, um, all right. Let's, uh, let's go on to the question from at Brittany Bush. Uh, Brittany asked, do you think it was D. Gordon in the Easter Bunny costume yesterday? And if not, who was it? Easter Bunny would have had better hops if it was. <laughs> That's true. Did you see the one at the? Uh, I, it's the Brewers who do like the. No, it's the Nationals who do the Presidents. Yeah, race, where right? the, the the from the top the, rope. Yeah, from the top rope, just took out Teddy. Yeah, uh, that might have been D Gordon. He might have he might have <laughs> hopped, you know, <laughs> just jetted over there, borrowed his friend yeah, Robbie's quantum uh, leapt. jet. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but. Uh, it was too small to be Taylor Motter. I know that we were theorizing. Although Taylor Motter is like weirdly just kind of hanging around. Like he's not in yeah. Tacoma yet. He's here. I don't know if he's with the team. I don't think he can be, but he's like just kind of here. So yeah. that would be a good job for Taylor Motter. <laughs> yeah. It, it may be the recently apparently reassigned Junior Lake who is now off to play, uh, I believe, internationally again. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, Happy trails, Junior. Um, 
Next question comes from CJ Tumbarello at Tumbarello HB. Standing on for Hawk Blogger, I believe. Hawk Blogger, I believe, yes. Yes. Uh, yes uh, newly uh, newly uh, interested Mariners fan, from what yes. I have. Or, or, right, yes. or newly engaged. Newly fully newly engaged. Newly engaged, yes. New, which, newly which fully we, engaged Mariners fan. We are fan. always excited. Yes, but. welcome. Welcome. We enjoy your work on Hawk Blogger, and we are excited to have you as part of our. Largest. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, the question is, hello, first-time listener and newly acquired Marco Gonzalez fan account. Mm-hmm. Uh, how high is his ceiling going forward, and how much pressure is on him to come in and succeed? Um, a lot of pressure. Yeah, I would say a lot of pressure. I would say no Def- pressure, I- except it's actually the opposite. It's actually a lot of pressure. You know what pressure feels like when it's not there? Well, this is the (laughs) the opposite of that. that, It's when there's almost exclusively pressure. Yeah. There's probably more pressure on Marco Gonzalez to succeed than any – I mean, Ryan Healy obviously I think looks like a guy who's playing under a lot of pressure to succeed early. But Marco Gonzalez has been – gotten the most ringing – the most – you know – tacit and you know the loudly spoken approval and implied approval mm-hmm. um yeah we the were theorizing uh, isabel one of our writers theorized that the mike zanino mic'd up thing was actually a trojan heart horse marco gonzalez hype video which i feel like is uh that that choice was not, not accidental that choice was yeah. not accidental of it being him um yeah i mean every, marco represents every starter they didn't go out and buy on free agency. So he has to beat every single (laughs) free agent pitcher who is theoretically available for the Mariners. So I would take like Lance Lynn out of this. It doesn't have to be Lance Lynn. I don't think he has, he doesn't have to be Cobb or maybe even Odorizzi, although that was a trade situation. Yeah. But Uh, like, he's got to be Ime Garcia. He's got to be, you know, uh, I mean, uh, what's his face? The the big dude who was on the Rangers with the with the big beard, Andrew Kashner. You know he's he's got to beat <laughs> yeah. the guy who throws yep. like ninety five, but like strikes out like four people in an inning. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on him, uh, and his ceiling. I I mean, I literally wrote <laughs> an article t- saying that his ceiling was raised by the adjustments that he's made. I think his ceiling is back up to being. Mike Leak, you yeah. know, a left-handed Mike Leak, to to really sort of grossly, you know, to to oversimplify it. I mean, that's that's what you can do when you are getting a little bit more out of your fastball and you're getting swings and misses on your off-speed stuff, and you're able to go five to you know six innings pretty consistently. And the struggle for Marco always was he couldn't get past that fifth or that sixth inning um, as as a starter. And we saw that last year. And part of that was health. And part of that was building back from Tommy John. So there's a lot of pressure on him. But if he can be closer to that ceiling, then I, I think it's I think it's going to be Lo- you know, a massive impact on, on the on the roster, and it's going to ripple through to the bullpen getting more rest and yeah. and being able to ad- adapt when it, when other folks go down. There's a little bit of so. hometown pressure on him too. You know, he's uh, Zag lives in Seattle during the off season. You know, this is his home. Um, his wife is from here. He's he's rooted in this community. Um, and he has fans dating back from his Gonzaga days who kind of mobbed out on that um, on the mm-hmm. the caravan. So, <laughs> you know, I think yeah. and I think he's extremely happy to be here. He's in a much better situation for him. That that was a really interesting trade that, uh, you know, everyone hated it at the time. That's another added layer of pressure, I think, although he probably doesn't yes. think about that. But, you know, for that's pressure on Jerry to mm-hmm. uh, not have this trade look <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But it's another one similar to the Diamondbacks trade where we got two useful pieces, you know, meaningful pieces, and gave them two meaningful pieces. Um, this was swapping from an area of weakness or from an area of strength to an area of weakness for each of the teams. 
Mm-hmm. And I think both players are in way better situations for them now. Um, yeah. And Marco's really happy to be in Seattle, and he's really happy to have the opportunity to be a starter, which he wasn't going to have in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just uh, – little things like that can make a lot of difference, too. I think Mike Leake is much happier being here, too. You know, you mm-hmm. just – there, you can't overstate comfort level, and you saw that in like Lynn choosing to go to the Twins, choosing someplace that's close to home, someplace that feels familiar in a way. Do you think Tyler O'Neill would have made the opening day roster with the Mariners no. if he was no. here? No way. Yeah, I, I think that's. Well, as, I mean, as, it, uh, it's hard because he he had the two injuries. I think so. That's he fair. missed a yeah. huge piece of spring training so that's that's what my unequivocal no is really yeah. about but um no i mean he's he is i think a better outfielder than a lot of what the i don't know he didn't make the cardinals opening day roster no. so no. uh and they're thinner on outfielders i think than we are although mm. she says running <laughs> each year running out. each year out there yeah <laughs> Um, um but you know his game his uh the big power fit like they don't mm need that they have Hanniger mm. for that so um I don't he was um, he was useful but not necessary let's put it that way yeah. and I don't and, think and, he and what Marco can be is more impactful for what they need right now yes um our next question from at Spike Friedman uh, of uh among a blue many check places. mark, a wild Indeed. blue check mark appears <laughs> of, of the stranger among many other uh, outlets, publication yes. outlets and publications. Is there any hope at the catcher position right now? Um, and I, w- I would imagine this this pertains to the pr- until Zunino returns yeah. uh, <laughs> section, um, and I I would say yes. In a in a limit to a limited degree, um, non disastrous. Uh, non disastrous. Like we're setting think, the bar yeah, exactly. at Tuffy Ghost Switch, and we're going to come above that bar. I think. Right. Defensively, a step down from Tuffy, uh, either Marjama or Freitas, who does not have a very strong arm. You saw that in the game on Sunday. Interesting. Uh, I I've actually been, I've, I thought that was a solid play, and I. I don't know. I thought Kyle Seeger should have gotten that tag down. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, I have not been impressed by Freitas's arm. Um, mm. He's a very good receiver and a good blocker. Marjama is um, weaker, but maybe a little bit better offensively, although we saw Freitas come up with a big hit. Um, but just, like, purely more delightful. Like, just from if you're going to have somebody filling in at that position, like, why not somebody who is – extremely engaging and charismatic because you're mm. not going to get a ton out of that position anyway until yeah. Zanino comes back, which he will soon. What what I think is most most pertinent for for the next like four games maybe that it, that it is at most, I think, that Zanino will miss. Uh, last year, when Zanino left, the Mariners had uh, Tuffy Gosowish, who was the, I think, fifth worst hitter in – the amount of time that he played in Major League Baseball history. Yes. Um, and Carlos Ruiz, who couldn't handle the velocity that James Paxton or Edwin Diaz threw at, and so barely, um, essentially could never catch when Paxton pitched and barely ever would catch when Edwin would pitch or just wouldn't even bother framing it. Um, so... Relative to that, as you said, <laughs> relative that to that low, be, low bar, it'll be okay. Not none of uh, you know. In terms of depth beyond that, there's a lot of questions. But in terms of just the guys that are there right now, right? I think they. I think they are not going to blow anyone away in games. But it's and there not is, gonna, it's not. You're not going to. I think lose games dramatically there is too uh, in case things are absolutely disastrous defensively and we don't care about any moderate offensive upgrade there is break glass in case of toughy ghost witch and And i am (laughs) defending that glass with my life i will i will lay down in front of the glass in front of the glass he's a very good defensive catcher 
if yep. they don't care about offense at all, if the rest of the lineup can pick them all up and they are struggling defensive catcher, I mean, there's always that option. What there is is there are different options. There are you know different who is places a catcher? they can go. You know who else has experience as a catcher? is Daniel Vogelbach, high school catcher, and <laughs> run that man out there. Shor- Shorber him. I, yeah, I mean, I will take that over <laughs> over another round. I know. Uh, it was very painful for you. Yeah. I, I, everything you've said about him is correct. Yes. And I just, yeah. yeah. It freed us, and Marjima will get us through until Zunino yes. returns. And, and if you want to look to the depths of the catching organization, um, there are some interesting guys. Troy Dixon is a very, very lower level, but he's just huge, great defensive catcher. Um, and once he figures out the bat, if he does, very mm-hmm. exciting. Um, and then Joe DiCarlo, the catcher prospect, will be mm-hmm. playing at Double A this year. It'll be really mm-hmm. interesting to see how he does there. Yeah, it's uh, it, it'll be okay. <laughs> Ish. It's yeah. It'll I be still okay-ish. want them to draft Will Banfield, but yeah, as long as Zunino is good, which Zunino is good. Yep. They'll be okay. We even um, made a t-shirt. We did even make a t-shirt, which you can find. Um, might be cursed. Might be cursed. We'll see. It should be. Lufro Yo is um, also cursed. <laughs> we got a lot of curses running around here. <laughs> Someone needs to exercise this whole, like, olive soto. This is just untenable. We have so Driving many, the property like, yogi values down. here. I am very surprised we do not have somebody who has done you would some think. kind of ritual cleanse. I mean, just if you are a yogi witch healer, contact us. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can set this up after like a particularly disastrous spate of injuries. I would totally just, do this. Yeah, I mean, just the amount of garlic that is constantly <laughs> in the air at Safeco Field would you would think would drive off a lot of uh, bad stuff. Maybe it's like uh, when you put on hand sanitizer and you kill like. 99%. You kill the good germs too. You kill yeah. like all the all but the like hardiest germs. Mm. Um, anyways, uh, our next question uh, comes from at C from Bothell, Chris. Uh, Chris from Bothell. Um, how do we as fans giving money and attention to Major League Baseball, given what we know uh, of conditions for most minor league players? Yeah, that's a that's a rough one. Um, I think that the best thing you can do is be engaged in the minor leagues. If you support MLB and you give them your time and money, also mm. give time and money to the minor leagues because those mm. people are working hard. And not just the players, the front office staff. It, they work really hard for not a ton of money either in not-so-glamorous conditions. Mm-hmm. So showing up at the ballpark, just showing up at the ballpark is a huge boon for them. So, yeah, I would definitely encourage um, everyone, if you are concerned about these things, give your time and attention to the minor leagues as much as you possibly can. We have the Aqua Sox up in Everett. We have the Rainiers in Tacoma. There's a lot there. Wherever you're listening from, there's probably something close to you that you could and just for the players, like just from an emotional standpoint, they might not be getting, well, it's a little like being a writer for Lookout Landing. You don't get a lot of financial compensation. Mm-hmm. But when people tell you like, hey, I'm paying attention or I am mm-hmm. reading what you do or I am watching you, I'm rooting for you. That's such a huge boost to these guys. So, And they will make all the time in the world for you. When I was on the backfields at spring training, they just... Uh, when it's not somebody who is just purely trying to get their autograph because they're autograph collectors or whatever, when it's somebody who is like, I like you, oh, my God, it just makes their day. So um, that is that is my recommendation for doing a small thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I Hug your local minor agree. leaguers. <laughs> exactly. And, and also uh, push, you know, I, I mean, wh- when these conversations come up, uh, you know, if these conversations come up, you know, <clears throat> I guess you know, be be an advocate, be an advocate that hey, you know, yeah, retweet guys, things if guys. you're on Twitter, share things on Facebook when stories come out, um, just to yeah. like help draw awareness to it. I think yeah. is a big, um, because you know, there's there's a lot of levels of like campaigning 
on behalf of major league players but like at the core of it it is still you know that is still just campaigning for rich people yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> and, and which is you know the, it's a microcosm and whatnot but minor league players are actually you know hey can we afford this you know our our you know bread and cheese meals this week yeah. uh in, in many situations so uh that you know that is it is a very applicable uh sort of thing to to campaign for um well let's finish up with with your favorite thing kate uh-uh. uh which is get getting spicy uh at anthony underscore Sater, uh which is what are your hot takes for this season based solely on this first series um and kate i, I know you're you're anti Take. I am anti-take. Um, I'm I'm not the best, uh, you know, take take master myself. So, what what I think maybe we can frame this as is, uh, what what is your, what what was the one player that m- most excited you about what they're going to do, uh, this season, on the field production wise that that maybe you were most uncertain about. Uh, and, and what what's something you now who who are you now expecting more from that you weren't before? Okay, dark confession time. Mm-hmm. I was because I am a Mariners fan and I am steeped in marinated in misery and and dashed expectations and mm-hmm. unhappiness. Um, after his spring training. I was like, Mitch Haniger is not going to be good this year. <laughs> Kate, I told you I so many times. I know. I know. Oh. See above. Re-failure. Uh, flavor of my daily bread, etc. No, I was, I was, I am shocked, honestly. And it's just one series, but he's just pounding the heck out of the ball. And mm-hmm. Mitch Haniger all-star seems like a real possibility so mm-hmm. i am th- that would be my my spicy take slash a, a deep dark secret was i was worried that hanniger was not going to be able to repeat <laughs> his his performance and i'm still scared to believe it but that's it, he just blew me away all right all right Kluber, well, you, Kluber. You've, you've... he read the manual to the clue bot why didn't you share it with everyone else that's fine that's fine um well you you did kind of swipe mine Sorry. as you might have expected but that that's okay we've gotten out your dirty laundry um your, Shame your me sinful, appropriately your, your sinful disbelief uh-huh. in my my dear Mitch Haniger's hype train uh that's okay that's fine um i i mean i think uh Felix Felix is going to I, I, Felix is going to be a good pitcher this year. <laughs> that, Give me a that win. Should, that's three a win, three win pitcher. Uh, I'm going to say three and a half win. High. Uh, I think we're going to probably around three wins if we're going by F WAR. Uh, three and a half to four if we're going by B WAR. Because uh, I think he doesn't have the strikeout numbers, um, and and I think he gives up some more dingers, mm-hmm. so his FIP doesn't look as good, but the defense and the Safeco um, sort of help help him out there. Wow. So, yeah, I, I mean, I was really encouraged by, by his, uh, not, not even necessarily his command, which was fine, but just how much everything was moving that he was throwing, and the separation in velocity. Right between his fastball and his changeup, which Jake Mailhot also wrote about, uh, that you can find on the site. Um, that's something we literally have never seen before from Felix, and for a long time we didn't need to because he had the velocity on his fastball that his changeup being much closer in speed to that fastball wasn't an issue. Now he's doing things that normally are good for pitchers, and when you drop you know when your talent level drops from being you know unmatched and and sort of one of the best players in the league to just being a little bit less than that i think it makes more sense for him to try and do more conventional things uh at least in terms of with his velocity while still mixing up his his sequencing 
like he did. And if, if they continue to work him uh, getting creative with his sequencing, I think he's going to have a lot more success. And, and people aren't going to be able to sit on those, you know, right. one first pitch fastballs uh, because he just he won't be throwing them. He won't he won't be throwing them as as often, and that's that would be huge. I like it. I like it. Oh, and Casey Lawrence is a one win pitcher. <laughs> All right, out of bullpen, just uh-huh. comes out and gives you two, three innings of uh, just totally serviceable relief. He looked good. Mm-hmm. I was extremely happy for him. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all we've got. Um, Kate, is there is there anything else before we before we head out? We got games tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Games throughout the rest of the week. Yeah. We'll be Baseball you know we'll back, have recaps. Baby. We'll have we'll have analysis as always. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, if it's if it's anything like this this start was. Oh uh, man. Worth <laughs> worth keeping up with. Absolutely. So, yes, thank you for those of you who sent us questions. Please send us more questions for next week uh, when we will talk to you again. Go up my crowd in rotation. Are you on tin yet? Are you on tin yet? Wait. Are you on tin yet? Are you on tin yet? I live on tin. Wait. Are you on tin yet? Are you on tin yet? Fuck the place up. Fuck the place up. Fuck the place up. Fuck the place up. Somebody, somebody, somebody on tin. Originality, couple fake talents.